Welcome to Let's Play It By Ear podcast featuring me, your host, Joanna, and co-host, Carrie. Say hello, Carrie. Hello. Wonderful. So today we will be talking about the art of being Asian, specifically in the classical music world. Um, so we're going to be talking about, um, you know, how, how much practice is enough practice and, you know, for for an Asian <laughs> um, and also um, ha just how our Asian backgrounds have played a huge role in affecting our careers and our education um, and, uh, you know, just talking about, you know, the nitty gritty of, you know, just the, the very obvious, obvious fact that we are Asian, <laughs> you know, uh, we have decided to just talk about it this time. So, Carrie, um, how much practice is actually enough practice? How, like, how, I, I guess, like, d did you feel like you had to practice all the time? Um, I think I grew up very lucky in that sense. Um, the only person really pushing mm -hmm. me to practice was myself. Okay. My parents encouraged me definitely to learn music, starting with piano when I was uh, five, but mm -hmm. it was never like, you have to practice, you have to practice X number of hours each day, every right. single day, and you have to get this much done. Uh, right. No, it was expected that you practice, of course, yeah. um, but like, put the time in, practice well, do your best. Mm -hmm. You did it? Okay, good. I love oh, it. You can go play <laughs> or do homework. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. It was, it was never like, um, a lot of pressure to practice mm -hmm. when, mm -hmm. when I was a kid. Got it. Um, in university, that's a different, <laughs> we'll get to that part later. Okay. Okay. How about you? Well, um, so my background is that my mom, um, my mom learned the piano when she was young. Mm. Um, but what's really interesting is I don't recall her ever telling me that my grandparents ever made her practice. Mm. Um, she she did practice, obviously. Mm -hmm. um, but uh, I don't recall her ever telling me that she was like forced to practice this many hours or anything okay. like that. Not at all. In fact, she it sounded like my mom was actually fairly independent when it came to learning an instrument. So when it came to my brother and I, um, she, uh, she wanted to be pretty hands off because, uh, she had overheard, well, not really overheard, just straight up people from church told her that they felt that they had ruined their relationships with their children by teaching them piano. Oh, you know and by like becoming their teacher and being really overbearing be like you have mm. to practice and then even when they're practicing and getting stuff wrong they're like you did that wrong you know like they're just right. yelling it from the kitchen you know because they're yeah. listening to them practice so like it caused these kids to be very resentful of their mm. parents um and my mom was terrified of that like that was the last thing she wanted was for us to be resentful of her um so she, even though she, we heard her play piano all the time at home, at least by the time it got to me, she was very hands-off 
she was just like i'm getting you a teacher and you do the, what the te- what the teacher says and i am not actually going to critique your practicing at home okay yeah i will say though due to my nature i it was hard for me to sit down and practice um and uh so my mom would help me by giving getting me to have a little schedule a little routine so i knew that at this time on you know on a day that i would have to go to the piano and Mm. practice you know Mm -hmm. um when it came to the flute i was obsessed with the flute in the beginning Mm -hmm. so i would on my own practice for like an hour two hours or something like that just on my own because i loved it um however i got burnt out when i was older um and on top of that in high school i um was taking IB, International Baccalaureate, mm-hmm. um, which took over my, my whole life. So um, I rarely had any time to practice. And my parents did not scold me for it. They would every now and then be like, Joe, are you okay? Um, we noticed you haven't been practicing a lot. Are you actually prepared for your lessons? You know? And oh, that's they a would good be. Way. Yeah, like they would be genuinely concerned mm-hmm. for me. Um, but then it, it just like, I just had no time. So I was, you know, maximum, I was practicing 15 minutes a day. Maximum, mm-hmm. absolute maximum. And there are many days that I skipped. So um, <laughs> so we have a running joke that, you know, I uh, they actually wrote this as like a little graduation um little uh blurb because like every graduate graduating student would have a blurb that could be read out loud as you're walking across the stage oh. by your family okay and and the blurb that my family submitted was joanna is a very um a very passionate i forget exactly the, the verbiage but it was essentially joanna is a very passionate uh flutist who spends her time writing physics labs <laughs> which is very very true because i was very bad at physics so i used my my lab reports and i would like you know absolutely perfect the heck out of my lab reports um in order to drag my grade up right so i spent a lot of time on those physics labs uh, a little bit too much time though because i ended up winning the physics lab award um oh. at school yeah oh. but but yeah but that was our running joke was that joanna is a very passionate flute player who spends her time writing physics labs um so they were pretty understanding of why i ended up not practicing as much mm. they're they're very strange in that way they're very strange asian parents i mean like not typical by any yeah. means well, I guess we do have to say, even though we are both Asian, and it yeah. sounds like both of our our parents are like not not what you would think as a stereotypical type exactly. of Asian parent. Yeah. We do have to recognize that there are still those. Yes, you you get mm-hmm. both ends of the spectrum, of course. Oh yeah. But you get all sorts of Asian, all styles of Asian parenting. There mm-hmm. is no mm-hmm. one mold. That no, there isn't. Is like the definitive Asian parenting or Chinese no. parenting, for that matter. Yeah. Um, yeah. But we're we're just more mentioning like how our 
our background really has informed who we are as as mm-hmm. adults and, and musicians right now. Mm-hmm. I mean, I will say that even without even without my parents pushing us like crazy, mm-hmm. it's not like I didn't feel like I really needed to perform at a high caliber. Why? It's because my dad has multiple degrees. He has two doctorates. Okay. My mom, um, very unusual in her time, but she has an English language minor and a Chinese literature major. Okay. Like, she's crazy. Okay. Um, And my brother is an insane academic. Absolutely insane. He skipped a year in university. You know that? I don't think I know that. Yeah, he skipped a year. He did four years in three. Wow. Yeah. And he went straight into a master's after that. He's now a professor, you know? So, like, the pressure that I got was more so that I didn't want to be the shame of the family. (laughs) That is pressure, but just indirect. Yeah, and the thing is, like, my family is so sweet about it too, though, right? Like, they... They were the ones who did an intervention with me where they were like, Joanne, you know, Joe, we noticed that you're like showing us all these videos on YouTube of these like funny Asian people making funny videos and you like to talk. So why don't you make videos? Right. Like they're really sweet about it. They really encouraged me to be me. They noticed what I liked and encouraged me to go in that direction My brother even had a sit down coffee with me where he was like, Joe, I can tell that you're trying to be like me. You need to stop that. Like Mm. you, you are you and you have your own strengths Mm -hmm. that I don't have. Like my brother doesn't have. And he's like, you need to play up those strengths. Like you don't need to be like me, you know? And so like my family did everything in their power to try and make me not feel like I had pressure. Right. But there's still pressure. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, when your family is like that and kind of people, people from the outside, they see your mom and dad and your your brother, they're... A lot of the pressure was from outside. You're completely correct about that. Yeah. Well, I I do think this does... um, relate to the Asian side in Mm -hmm. that we talk a lot about faith. Yep. So like you said, uh, growing up, I didn't get a lot of direct pressure from my parents as well too. I think I was lucky in that way. Mm -hmm. Oh, you need to succeed. You need to be the best at everything. You need to be a top top in your class. Um, You need to do lots and lots of activities and excel in every single one of them. You know, Um, we were allowed to explore a range of activities. Mm Mm-hmm. But it was left up to us, ultimately, what we were truly passionate in. So mm-hmm. we did horseback riding, we did uh, drawing, tennis, swimming, mm-hmm. badminton, ping pong, music. Yeah. <laughs> My brother yeah. did a grand total of three months of piano and like, nope. I'm I mean, done. <laughs> he didn't like it. Fair enough. Yeah. He tried. Exactly. You can't say he didn't try. Yeah. Um, 
And ultimately, I chose music. I yeah. did tennis as well too, competitively as a as a kid. We, my brother and I, we both played in leagues. We competed wow. like we went all around town and, and competed with other youths. Wow. Um, so I did that, and my brother decided to pursue that further. He mm-hmm. was varsity team captain in in university. Wow. Wow. Um, I chose music. Yeah. So. Yeah, our parents were like, okay, you can choose, but mm-hmm. if you're choosing that, you have to put in the effort then. Fair. You have to be accountable. Mm-hmm. Like we said in the first episode, if you hadn't watched it, go take a look. Mm-hmm. Um, you have to be responsible. Mm-hmm. So you're choosing to pursue this. Mm-hmm. Then let's see you put in some effort and, and give it your best. Yep. Yep. So that was where the, the pressure came from. But of course, mm-hmm. uh, uncles and aunts from outside, family, friends, they say, oh, okay, so you're doing this and you're doing this. Oh, can you perform this? Can you do that? Mm-hmm. Oh, my kid's doing this. And like as, as children, of course, you hear you hear yeah. aunts and uncles say all of that. And then even though your parents don't actively say, oh, you see, uh, this kid is doing this, this other uncle's child or aunt's doing this. How come, mm-hmm. how come you can't be like that? That was never the case, but... Again, you hear you hear these things, yeah, and then you kind of reflect and say, "Oh, should mm-hmm. I be doing that? Mm-hmm. Should I be achieving that?" Like, and then you start questioning yourself. Yeah, it, I totally agree because uh, I'm a pastor's daughter, so a lot of the comparison happened at church. Who? Oh. A lot of people compared me against my brother. Oh. Yeah, because he was seen as sort of like shining star, like, you know, really like very, very smart. Um, And uh, everyone just saw him as like the the like golden pastor's son, you know. Mm -hmm. And so everyone just straight up expected me to be the same. How do you feel? I mean, I'm rebellious by nature. Um, but at the same time, I don't like to start crap or fights for no good reason. You know what I mean? So I went with it for a while. Like I went with it for a while until, um, I don't know if I should say this, but you know, I'll make it vague. Um, there was there was a falling out at a church um, that my dad was a pastor at, and I straight up because you know there's like an English congregation that is usually geared towards the young people, <laughs> and then there's a Chinese congregation that is geared towards the uh, adults because all the adults spoke Chinese, right? Right. So um, I didn't even say anything, and I just dropped out of the English congregation and in support of my dad because there was big falling out. In support of my dad, I sat in the front row in the Chinese congregation, sticking out like a sore thumb. Like, I was that kind of rebellious where Mm -hmm. I didn't care. Mm -hmm. Like, when it came down to it, when it came to, I guess, loyalty to family, um, I didn't care what anyone thought. And... So I sort of could sense that I, from that point on, 
I could sort of sense that people realized that I was not like my brother. Mm. Um, and I, and also at that time was when I started to really get into music. And, um, and I didn't really tell a lot of people what I was doing with music. Um, but sometimes I would, you know, perform on the flute at church and some stuff like that. And um, you could definitely tell that people thought that what I was going to do was really impractical. Mm-hmm. You get that a lot. Yep. Not that my parents ever told me that it was impractical, but everyone else, all the uncles and aunties are like kind of, you know, they're kind of, you kind of know that they're talking, you know? You see that and look kind of. Yeah, it's a very specific look where they're like, oh, honey, you know, right? Like, so I got that look a lot. And, um, uh, but, then I started getting to online content, which was like, I noticed that when I started to get into online content, that was when not like it actually had like, you would think that they would come out of the woodworks and start being like, what are you doing? You know, that's so impractical. It was more that they had so little idea of what I was doing that they, they just were like, I don't know what to do with you. Mm. So I actually had one, like, there was one auntie, we call, we call everyone uncle and auntie, okay? Just so you guys know, in Chinese culture, everyone is uncle and auntie. Yeah. So regardless of whether or not they're actually related to you, mm-hmm. okay? So there was this one auntie at church where I was 16, and I, I very clearly remember that she was trying to kind of, like, weirdly sort of, like, win me over to be, like... I don't know to be like a like almost like a teacher's pet kind of you know okay it's it was a it was weird Odd. man it was weird okay it was very very weird and um but I wasn't giving in because I didn't trust her so something about her just kind of rubbed me the wrong way mm-hmm. and I was like I didn't I don't trust this lady so like I just wouldn't tell her things like she would ask me like personal things I just wouldn't tell her you know so then there and then there was like one time where you know I was doing homework at her house and I just went <sighs> like that you know and she's like oh my gosh like sighing so loudly you know like you know in Cantonese like tan ah, uh, yeah you know you know like right yeah 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 exactly like you know so like um uh, you know like what are you sighing about mm. you know like what 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 could be so you know like what could be going on in your life that you're sighing about it you know it had that kind of attitude and usually a person like you know age 16 or so would you know start defending themselves or whatever right but i just straight up didn't trust her so i just didn't say anything oh silent treatment yeah i let it be silently awkward and that was her problem not mine like, I've always been like this. Like, even from when I was a teenager, I just don't care what people think. I, I have to say that that's something I really admire about you. Thank you. As your friend, that, that's something I truly, truly admire when someone just can't be bothered about what other people think about them. Couldn't be bothered. 
just couldn't be bothered. I mean, it's worse now because my husband really doesn't care what people think about him. So like even more so than me. So I've I've definitely gotten even I don't know which way you guys would look at it, worse or better. Um at uh, you know, like not caring what people think. Um so, you know, but you definitely feel that pressure. Mm-hmm. Like even if you're like me and you don't care, you still feel it. That's very interesting that because my brother also got more of the attention. But I mean, Mm -hmm. with him being in tennis, it was more easily seen by the uncles and aunts. Like you can, you can watch and watch a match. Uh, Whereas for music, again, like they, they know what music is, of course, but Mm -hmm. the classical music. You're right. um, They're like, oh, okay. I heard that so many times. Exactly the same. Oh, okay. (laughs) Like, are you sure uh, what they would say in Cantonese? Uh, one one dotinga. Like, <laughs> you can make a living off of this. Yeah, you can survive. Yeah, I mean, oh. at that at that point, I wasn't yet a hundred percent committed to it. When I was, mm-hmm. I think when I first started really liking classical music was when I was fifteen mm-hmm. years old. Kind of started a little bit later for me. Mm-hmm. Um, so I was still exploring it. I didn't really know what to do. Yeah, I didn't. I kind of knew that I wanted to go into music. Right. Um, but yeah, like all the uncles and aunts like, oh, wow, your brother, blah, 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 blah. So yeah. I, yeah, I'm happy for my brother. But I have more of a shy personality. So I would keep that inside. And I, I got very used to being that invisible sister. I felt like it was easier to just go invisible and just... And just enjoy my own classical music, extracurricular activities on my own and not tell them about it. Yes, but I have a rebellious side too that is not (laughs) readily seen, I think. My parents Mm. describe me as quietly very competitive. You don't see me, I will make you see me. I'm not going to scream and shout. Right. But over time, I'm going to prove it to you. I think that can be self-destructive as well too, though. It can be, yeah. It can be. I, I, yeah, yeah. There, there were times when it's it was hard for me, mm-hmm. but I think uh, as I got a little bit older, mm-hmm. um, I would feel like, okay, yeah, you don't really see me. I have mm-hmm. an opinion. I'm gonna share it. So I ended up being known as the daughter with that mouth. Really? Yeah. My parents' friends thought I was too outspoken. I would share too many of my opinions and be too forthright with it. They thought you were mouthy. On everything and anything. Wow. I took my rebellion in basically the polar opposite direction. Yeah. Yeah, my polar my my rebellion was silent treatment. I could only stay silent for so long. Oh. When I was a kid, when I was upset, yeah, yeah. I wouldn't speak. Oh. But as I grew, I found Yeah. I don't really want to keep it in. <laughs> fair. That's fair. I want to I'm going to tell you. I was the opposite cuz when I was a kid, 
like I was the type of, of kid who could induce my own tears. Like I could make my myself cry like on command <laughs> to throw a tantrum. Like I could throw a tantrum whenever I wanted, wherever, you know, like, but then it's as I got older, I did the exact opposite of you. Mm-hmm. I went actually more and more into the silent, silent treatment. Because I was just like, why bother? They're not going to understand. It's a waste of my breath. That's oh. the way I saw it. I literally saw it like th- talking to them about what I want to do as a mm-hmm. waste of breath. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. I thought I would try and show them. <laughs> I love it. I love seeing this side of you. That's, I love that. Like, that's fantastic in my opinion. <laughs> In my opinion, I thought so, too. It wasn't appreciated. You know, I think it's one of those things where... Now that I look back, I guess now that we're in our 30s, Mm. now that I look back, I look at those people and I'm like, it's only because they know so little about the classical music world. That's why they're so wary of it. Mm Mm-hmm. They know they don't know anything about it. It's a world very far away. In yeah. a way. They know yeah. it exists. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They know it exists, but they don't know what it's like. Yeah. You know? I remember I had two childhood friends. Um, we met up with them and their parents for dinner when I was I think in the UK doing my masters. Mm-hmm. I went home for the summer. We met up with them for dinner, and they're saying, "Wow, Carrie, you're the first friend we've ever had mm-hmm. that is in music, or like wow. this much into music, like became a professional, pretty much." Wow. So I kind of was like, "Oh, okay." Well, I mean, when you're surrounded yeah. by by when yeah. you're in that world, you don't feel that way. Yeah, because you're just like everyone else. Yeah. You know? Like, this does remind me. My my brother told me that he he came for a Wednesday noon hour concert oh. in, um, at UBC because he, he was, uh, his classes were in the next door building. The Buchanan's. It wasn't the Buchanan's, the other one. The, like, history one. History. Oh, okay. is it? No forget what it well, f- I forget what it was but you know um directly across from the uh you know where the tuning fork is mm-hmm. at UBC mm-hmm. so it is that building over there like, oh okay okay beyond yeah right, right. and then yeah so he was at that building so we would we would all always carpool to school together you know and then mm-hmm. you know we, we would park in that parking garage right in yeah the, in the corner and then he would go to that building and then I would go to the oh building. So nice. yeah we did that every morning like we bonded so much over that Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it was, um, like he told me that going to Wednesday noon hour, he was like, it felt like going straight into Hogwarts. Like he felt like such an alien. Oh, he felt like such a muggle basically okay. like in, in this, in the school because he like was listening to people's conversations and they were arguing about whether or not their assignment was in two, four or four, four you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and and he's like what the heck what the heck is going on um and he was just like 
man, all of you guys are like the same. Like you guys are all the same kind of weird, but it's normal. Like Mm -hmm. I'm the weird one. Like he was telling me that he felt like the different one, you know, in when he was sitting in that Wednesday noon hour Mm -hmm. concert. And um, I think that's exactly what you're saying, though, is that when we're in this world together, we're all the same. Yeah. So it feels normal. Then when you go back to your like home life, you know, mm-hmm. that's when you realize you're like the only musician there. Yep. Yeah. Actually, that's an interesting point. Do you find like growing up as an Asian, you were taught to not stick out? Or maybe not directly taught, like the yeah. the culture, the your, culture. your ethnic culture would... T- kind of teach you to to not draw attention to yourself yes yes and I did the exact opposite okay I felt the same I I feel the same way I still feel the same way yeah I did that when I was a kid yeah up until the point I realized I want to do music yeah oh that's gonna make you stand out no problem um I remember in second year I think one of the English literary professors said uh, to one of our mutual friends. Yeah. Um, he said, oh, okay. So you're both musicians. You're going to both play in orchestra. Do you enjoy being famous? We both said no. So in orchestra, you're anonymous but famous. Mm-hmm. Like, oh, yeah. It's true. Because you're identified by your chair. Yeah. You know. Yeah. But like, you're still kind of more known known Mm -hmm. in that way Mm -hmm. and I guess that kind of goes against the grain of what Asians tend to do again Mm -hmm. not not across the board but Mm -hmm. like growing up you always hear uncles and aunts say oh are you going to become a doctor lawyer Mm -hmm. engineer Mm -hmm. um you know all those Mm -hmm. you can say I guess stereotypical Mm -hmm. (laughs) uh, Mm -hmm. professions Mm -hmm. like oh no 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 I want to become a musician (laughs) are you okay Uh, you know what? I just realized why I give people the silent treatment about that. It's because I watched my brother get taken out for coffees by these uncles and aunties at church. And at these coffee sessions, they would try to persuade him to not become an academic. Like, it was much more outright with my brother and he's older than me so I wanted to avoid having those conversations with them so I gave them the silent treatment they felt like it was within their right yes to tell your brother yes they did did your parents know yes they didn't like it okay because they would go under the guise of like oh I just want to like you know get to know uh you know like you know that kind of church family type Mm -hmm. of vibe you know they're like oh i'm i you know a lot of people in this um type of chinese church community um they really like the mentor mentee relationship oh okay i see the mentor mentee relationship is very very big in the Chinese Christian community. 
and at least when I was a part of it. Um, who knows, maybe things have changed now. But at that time, a lot of people really liked to see themselves as mentors at church. And so they would see this young guy, my brother, and be like, I'm going to mentor this kid to be better than what he thinks he should be, you know? And then take him out for coffee and basically just try and convince him that he should not be an academic. Like, there were literal <laughs> multiple sessions of, like, this, you know, of, of various uncles and aunties uh, being like, you should really think about being a lawyer. You're so smart. You really should be a lawyer. Yeah, I can really see myself, like, if they had done that to me, I would go like, blah, 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 blah. I mean, that's what my brother did. Okay. How did they and take it? Not well. Well, they didn't fault. take it well. Yeah, of course they didn't take it well. Um, but yeah, I, this is really digging up some repressed memories, but that is exactly why I gave them the silent treatment. Mm. I just straight up didn't tell them what I was doing so that I could get away with doing it without being criticized. Well, you had good reason. Yeah. No. It's being that Slytherin, you know? Yeah. I'm the older one, though, so... <laughs> yeah, I don't yeah, know you're that. the older one. Yeah, like, I feel like I could get away with some things because I was the younger one, because I, yeah. I could see what my brother was doing, and I was like, it's a waste of breath talking to them. Might as well not say anything. Fair. Right. You found your 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 way. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you for um, <laughs> helping me... With, that was very therapeutic for me. <laughs> I don't know about you. I've never spoken about that publicly before. Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> thank you for listening. Anytime. Well, um, I guess this is a good place to stop, right? Yeah. Um, Take it away. I think it's your turn to do the okay. outro. <laughs> well, thank you so much for joining us for the second episode in this Opus 4, um, The Art of Being Asian. <laughs> yes. We hope you learned something from our stories, or if not, hope you enjoyed our stories. And if you are Asian as well, and you share similar experiences, or even if you're not Asian, but you know friends and family who've experienced something like that, or you yourself have experienced something similar please feel free to share it with us mm -hmm. um we can be found on these following platforms we are on facebook let's play it by ear podcast mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. we're on instagram and twitter mm -hmm. we are also on anchor.fm mm -hmm. you can listen to the podcasts there and you can also contact us at our email address it's let oh let's play let's play yeah let's play it by ear dot podcast at gmail.com let me try that once more let's play it by ear dot podcast at gmail.com that's our email address yes and you can also go to our website and check out everything that we have there including the podcasts uh descriptions a bit about our bit about ourselves as well too mm-hmm um, and if you like what you're hearing here, watching here, you can like, 
and subscribe. Click the bell button so you get no you will get notified. My gosh, I cannot speak. I think it is definitely time to end. <laughs> so thank you very much. <laughs> we will see you in the next episode. Bye. See you.